Hey everyone, and welcome to Connected, which is a brand new City Collective podcast where we are just kind of showcasing the people who are City Collective, like they are the church body, and I'm just kind of sitting with them through a Skype call, and I'm asking them about their life, about their story, about the journey of their faith, and everything kind of in between, and I am so delighted today to have on two guests that have been just amazing friends of ours and amazing parts of the City Collective family for probably right in around two years. Um, they just got back in town after kind of this little six-month travel, fun, work thing in the Pacific Northwest, which I am super jealous of, but we are so glad to have Trip and Grace Stanford back in Chattanooga and to have them on the podcast with me today. So Trip, Grace, how are y'all doing? Doing well. Doing good. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be healthy. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely crazy times. Yeah. It's definitely crazy times, and we're so glad y'all are back in Chattanooga. Could y'all just kind of walk us through where y'all have been the past six months, what y'all were doing, how that kind of came about? Yeah. So um, I'm Grace, and I'm an occupational therapist. Um, So... And Trip does digital marketing, which he can do remotely. So about like a year ago, we kind of got the idea that maybe this would be a good time in our lives to explore travel therapy, which is basically where um, I could do occupational therapy somewhere else in the country on like a three to six month contract. Um and it's kind of like a very, you have to be very like adaptable and flexible to make it work, but we kind of put all the pieces together. Um, and I accepted a job out in Oregon um, last September. So we moved um, from Chattanooga to Oregon. Just, we always knew it would be temporary, but we weren't for sure how long we'd be out there. And we ended up um, staying for about six months and then we just got back this past weekend. Um, so I worked at like a, basically a nursing home out there and I work with older adults. So after stroke or brain injury or injury of any sort, um, kind of working with them in rehab and getting them stronger to go back home. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, what part of Oregon specifically were you in? So we were in a small town called Albany, Oregon, um, which is like an hour south of Portland and an hour north of Eugene. Um, it's known for having a carousel museum um, okay. where they make the animals for carousels, um, which is basically what it's known for. So it's just a small town, um, nothing too special about the actual place we were in, but it was really close to a lot of great things. So we loved going to Portland on the weekends. It's right in a valley. So there was like two mountain ranges on either side of us. So we had access to all of the fun mountain exploration. And then also it's about an hour and a half from the coast, from the Oregon coast. So we had a lot of fun on our weekends, kind of exploring different areas of Oregon um, and all of that. Pacific Northwest. The Pacific Northwest, really. Yeah, so did y'all get to travel the Pacific Northwest quite a bit or what was that like? Yeah, so um, we have a bucket list item of hitting uh, all the national parks. Okay. So that was like one of our goals is to kind of knock out a few national parks. So we uh, went south to the California Redwoods and did that for a weekend. 
And then we did Crater Lake the actual first weekend we were there. And then um, we went and visited friends in Seattle. Um, Grace has a cousin in Vancouver um, who we went and visited for one weekend. So, yeah, we uh, were really blessed to really just have – we don't have kids right now, so it's just uh, me and Grace. And we were able to uh, be very, yeah, kind of free on the weekends. So we can just kind of um, bounce around and – yeah, just really explore this new world together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we did have to work Monday to Friday mm-hmm. <laughs> to make right. money. But right. on our weekends, we did try to make the most of all 48 hours and would travel around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't know Trip and Grace or if you have kind of any knowledge of the Enneagram, they're both sevens. And so um i totally resonate with wanting to get the most out of every weekend that you have while you're there um totally makes sense to me so trip uh what was it like kind of moving because obviously grace like your physical work was Mm -hmm. out there and you were working kind of on site in different places trip yours was much more like digital and you were able to kind of work remote which is something that a lot of us are learning how to do right now maybe for the first time um, what was it like learning to work remote in a new space? Uh, it was honestly, it was awesome. Uh, Grace has been kind of joking that we've been, uh, living this social distancing life for the past six months. So we've been pretty prepared for it. Um, I was lucky enough to kind of negotiate how to, yeah, work remotely with my previous employer. Um, and that's kind of how we were able to, uh, head out to, Oregon and because I've had this these six months to kind of develop you know good remote working uh, practices and um, am able to kind of communicate really well through either phone calls Um, we use slack as a messaging service um, a bunch of email Um, yeah this transition hasn't really been hard for me especially like when the entire world kind of turns off and just stops moving, I'm still able to work um, pretty easily on the day-to-day. Yeah. Um, Grace, did you encounter any people that were kind of at risk for coronavirus while it started to kind of break out in Oregon? Because that was kind of your demographic of people you worked with, right? Yeah, it was. And there was actually like a nursing home very similar that was just a couple hours north of us. And they have been more so in the media, the one that like had a lot of outspread of the coronavirus. So that was near to us. And I I feel like it kind of hit the West Coast a little bit earlier, maybe than the rest of the country. Um, So yeah, for the last few weeks, it kind of became a bigger and bigger issue, especially where I worked because yeah, I worked with older adults who were very susceptible and vulnerable. So we kind of cut off like visitors um, a while ago and we would start taking our temperatures as staff when we'd come in. Um, But it is definitely a tricky situation because a lot of patients kind of have a lot of the symptoms regardless, like sneezing and coughing. And um, sometimes they're like cognitively impaired and roam around um, in their wheelchairs all day. And so it got um, really difficult towards the end of my time there just because um, they were really trying to limit patients roaming around the hallways. And so a lot of people would be stuck in their rooms for 
meal times and they weren't able to play their bingo and um, even like our therapy looked a little bit different, um, which was fine for some patients and then other patients um, with dementia and things like that who are already easily agitated and just have a hard time understanding what's going on. It, it was really, I guess, sad to kind of um, see them through the process because they really just didn't understand what was going on or why they couldn't have visitors or why they can't eat lunch in their lunchroom and things like that. Yeah. It was becoming a bigger thing. As of now, the facility I was at still hasn't had any reported cases of COVID, but they have done testing on a few patients and things like that. So hopefully wow. it doesn't reach the facility I was at because I could see how if it does, it would spread um, pretty rampantly. Yeah, dude, that is that is just crazy. So have you... Um... How has that kind of affected you personally, like working through just maybe has there been like fear? Has there been worry? Like what's that been like for you personally? Uh, yeah, when I was working there, I mean, so right now, since I've moved back, I've been unemployed. I kind of had a job opportunity that we were coming back for and it hasn't worked out because of this virus. So on one hand, I'm like, oh, I, I wish I was still there. I wish I was still working and making a paycheck. But on the other hand, I feel like it might be a blessing in disguise that I'm not working there because it did like just the environment and mm -hmm. the tone and the vibe really starts to change. Like when you go to work and you have your temperature checked every day and they're running out of hand sanitizer and things that you really feel like you need um, it, it does like make going to work a little bit more stressful and you're just kind of acutely aware of the danger of the situation if it were to get to that facility and if it did get there would I still go to work or would I quit selfishly or you know just things right. like that it made it more stressful to go to work so at the other hand I was kind of glad to have my contract be over at a pretty good time when it comes to the virus situation. Yeah, I mean, y'all y'all kind of moved here like right when everything started to really ramp up here. Um, yeah, when we left, um, I ended on a Friday and then we left on a Saturday. And at that point, it was still kind of in like the joking phase where people were like posting memes and like, woo, COVID. And literally like within the week that we were traveling back, the tone just completely changed across the nation. Like, yep. by the end of our road trip, like, hotels were starting to be shut down or at least have limited capacity and all of wow. restaurants were closed and it was just like crazy that it changed so fast in the week that we were coming back yeah man that is crazy i'm so glad that y'all were able to make it back safe i know that so many people in chattanooga that that know y'all are so glad to have y'all back and look forward to when we can go out and hang out in the city again and do fun things because I know that um, that is some of the things that y'all are best at. And so I wanted to just kind of pick your brain as someone who's never been to the Pacific Northwest. Like what were some of y'all's favorite things that you did while you were there? Like when you were spending time on the weekends, like what was your favorite national parks or what was like the favorite spots you ate at or drank at or anywhere? Like what were some of your favorite things you did? So, uh, I'll kind of start this off. I mean, okay. we we kind of both talked about how there's a huge the the aesthetic beauty of the Pacific Northwest is completely different than 
anything you really see in the South. Um, both of us are, we're originally from Murfreesboro and Cookville. So we've been kind of living in the Southeast for our entire lives. And, um, I just want, yeah, the, the two things that kind of really stood out were the, during the winter in the, um, mountains, we'll go like cross country skiing or, um, even just snowshoeing, but the, uh, huge, there's the trees are completely like, they're just huge. And they're all like these evergreens that just catch these huge chunks of snow on them. And Grace mentioned multiple times how like those were some of the most beautiful, uh, just scenes is like this, um, trail that's just laid out in front of you. That's completely white. And it's, kind of banked by two like by rows of huge evergreens that are just like laden with these white like clouds of snow on them um so those were beautiful and then also the oregon coast uh you're not actually supposed to there's just not a lot of commercial like real estate on the oregon coast so it's it's all public land yeah unlike the east coast so even if there's a house like on the coast which there's not many but if there is like you technically are allowed to like walk through the yard and get to the beach because it's public space oh really yeah Yeah. so but that's allowed for like really just completely open and unincorporated stretches of coastline which i thought was very unique to kind of where we were in oregon um where like if you're down in destin every inch of coastline has a you know a hotel or a yeah a resort a condo house something but yeah so if you're walking the coast in oregon there's there could be periods of time where you're just it's just you on the beach no one else um and you have just like all these rolling hills and mountains to your to one side and then just this completely open um sea to the other side so yeah it's just there's it's a very stark contrast to what we're used to um yeah and it was yeah very amazing time for us to kind of like be up there and appreciating it mm-hmm. yeah that i think one thing i think because like heard. a lot of the evergreen trees and things are so different from the landscape that we have here so because it was different we were more like aware of them mm-hmm. always and like appreciated them so much mm-hmm. Um, so like even just like driving through the mountains or on the road would just be so beautiful and yeah. like an activity that would we would do. Um, and then I really love to snowboard. And here there's kind of limited access to snowboarding. Mm-hmm. So we would normally go like once a winter or something over to North Carolina. Um, but I really loved having the opportunity for just a quick little season to be able to snowboard. Yeah. More- and then also try out like new winter sports like snowshoeing and cross-country skiing things like that that we've never done before was really fun to have um, a little bit easier access to to that climate and culture yeah that is so cool um do y'all think like i know y'all just got back have y'all had much time to (laughs) kind of reflect on the the time spent there and just kind of be like introspective about it or do you think you're still kind of trying to process everything yeah no i think we've had a lot of time and i think we'll continually like look back onto that time in our lives um with new uh perspectives as we continue kind of growing and um learning and living together um but 
I mean, I think if we want to dive into like the meat and potatoes of what we truly learned, um, was, I would love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let me just give a little back backstory about our lives. So we got married um, this time last year, so March sixteenth, two thousand nineteen. Um, I'd been living in Chattanooga for ten years at that point. I've had <clears throat> I went to college here. I had worked multiple jobs where I kind of developed little um, pockets of communities. Yeah. went to um, graduate school here and then also developed little pockets of communities just from like graduate school, from her work. Um, so I'd say that when we got married, we both had communities together and then also separate communities and then also very limited time because we were both working full-time jobs. <clears throat> right. Um, so we were very busy, I guess would be a, yeah. a, a good summary of our life. We just tried to, when we got married, rather than combining two lives, we kind of just added our two together. And so it became mm. extra busy. Right. Work. So you just tried to see how they kind of fit together and um, right. where you like as little as you could take away as possible and still kind of work. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Do you think you felt busy looking back, like in the moment? If you would have asked Trip and Grace a year ago, "Hey, are y'all busy?" Would y'all have been like, "Yeah, like we're kind of busy," or would you have been like, "No, we're like a normal, average person"? Oh yeah, we thought we were just normal, average people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Didn't realize like how busy we were. But I mean, looking back, like every night there was something. We already had something planned. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and we always we tried setting aside like one night a week for date night, but then it always got kind of taken over by, you know, oh, this person's birthday party or right. we're going to see your family, you know, for this weekend. And, and how could you not be at that? Because you want to be nice and supportive. Yep. Right. And they were all good things that we were busy with. So we did love all of the things we were doing. Mm -hmm. And knowing what I know now after our Oregon experience, like when I look back at my life at large, I feel like I was just always I never had a single season in my entire life where I wasn't busy. Like when I was growing up, I did sports every night of the week. And on the weekend, we were traveling with sports. And yep. then in college, I was in these different clubs and things and friend groups. And right. so I don't think we would have explained our lives as busy because we just didn't know anything else. So we would have just said it was normal. Mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of like the air you breathe at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then when we moved out to Oregon, it was just so different for us because we didn't have our families nearby. We didn't know a soul out there. And so we really were, for lack of better words, social distancing ourselves, yeah. but without the fear and anxiety of like a national pandemic. So it was a little bit lighter <laughs> situation. Um, so you were being social distanced. You weren't necessarily social distancing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. intentionally did yeah. it, I guess. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden we had all of this like time, time and yeah. we just really loved having the time to like work on our marriage and our relationship, work mm -hmm. on ourselves as individuals. Um, we found like a church we enjoyed going to out there. And so kind of learning or practicing things that we learned in the church. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it was just so different from our life back here. And so we were excited now to come back and implement things that we learned in Oregon into our Chattanooga life. Um, but it was definitely like a sabbatical, I guess, for us. Yeah, we definitely called it our yeah mid-20s sabbatical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Something that was very 
uh, cool just from a timing perspective. So you guys actually mentioned um, this church out in Portland called Bridgetown, um, which is uh, kind of ran by this guy named John McComer. Um, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know you've heard of him, but maybe some of the uh, listeners. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, he is a yeah pastor at this um, church in Portland called Bridgetown. He's also writes a lot of books on just um, how this world, like we work with, I guess, Christian theology. So like, I would say modern Christian theology in the context of um, just modern society, like with yeah. we have phones at our fingertips and um, we're working either remotely or just kind of away from community. How does that really look how does how does your um, biblical lifestyle look in today's age? Right. So, um, but yeah, I had never heard or read anything from him before, but we ended up start um, going to his uh, church. I'd say most, maybe half the Sundays we were there. Yeah. Um, but it was an awesome like day trip for us because it took us an hour to get to Portland, and then we can kind of go and explore Portland during the day, and then go and um explore his church at night um yeah and he uh just wrote a book that i think it came out this past october when we landed in oregon um called uh uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry okay and it matched so much to kind of what we were learning in our day-to-day life on how like in our previous lives we were just unreasonably busy and yeah. then like in october everything just stopped like we, we were both working full-time but then we just took we added all these extra hours in our afternoons and our weekends where we can just like be together and build our relationship and then also we read the bible more and like pray more right. and meditate and um it just coincided with the theme of this book that we both read on that same month that it was just like this huge i don't know like mind opening experience yeah yeah like paradigm shifting almost like oh, like, yeah. pers- like just change your perspective i guess yes um, so yeah i think a lot of times when it comes to like moving moving is one of the few things that we can do where it's almost like we have this slate of things that we do that are like our habits And when we move, it's almost like that slate pretty much gets wiped clean, except for maybe pencil in 40 hours for work Mm -hmm. and X amount of hours for food and commuting. But all the extra stuff is just kind of blank. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's fascinating to like see how we respond when we actually do have a blank slate and then be like, oh, like this is what this is like. I don't I didn't even remember this was a thing. Um, yeah, that, that is so cool. I um for anyone listening who doesn't know, and y'all don't even know this now, but I think there's like a, it, obviously it's coffee. So disclaimer, it's coffee. But there's like a coffee drinking game at church. If I mention Bridgetown or John Mark Comer, everyone like takes a sip of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, I'm just so curious to kind of hear about y'all's experience at Bridgetown and anything y'all have to say about it, just because. I don't want to um, just impose my perspective on everyone who's listening. And obviously, I like Bridgetown a lot. I'm a huge fan of the work that, that church does. 
and everything that John Mark does. Um, but I would just kind of love to hear y'all's experience and how that kind of, I mean, you said it was somewhat like paradigm shifting or at least um, perspective shifting. Is there anything else like from that time there? Um, I mean, I guess relating to Bridgetown, we did really enjoy going to Bridgetown, but I thought it's, it is interesting, like just church um, in the Pacific Northwest looks very different from church here, I feel like, just culture-wise. Yeah. And so that's something that we kind of learned a lot about. Like in the South, which we both grew up here, like it's just a Christian culture, right? So like there's certain yeah. values and ideals and the way that people live their lives, whether they say they're Christian or not, it's it's like everyone kind of says they're a Christian, everyone is a Christian, and so you don't really know what that means necessarily all the time because you could I don't know just like it's just the culture here um whereas out uh, in Oregon or Portland specifically it's so different because it's not the norm to be Christian and their culture is actually very like opposite of a lot of the values and things that Christians typically live out um and so the church so like John Mark Comer is in a pretty like interesting spot as a pastor to like be walking with the city through that. Um, and so the church is much more like charismatic than what we, I guess, are probably more familiar or comfortable with. But for the time, yeah. we really enjoyed being a part of that culture and mm-hmm. the, the passion that like a lot of the people at the church um, exhibited and it was, it was very like encouraging and motivating to experience, um, because it really was quite an experience. Like, yeah, I would, I would like cry like multiple times at church because I was (laughs) just like so moved by, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to sound too crazy, but it really was (laughs) like, you could just like feel the Holy Spirit's presence. And, um, it was just kind of unlike our day to day. Mm hmm experience yeah. that we're familiar with so it uh, was yeah cool. y'all have total freedom to share your experience on here however you want to um i don't want you to feel like um i know it's hard especially on a podcast but you have total freedom to um represent your own opinions and your own experiences and just kind of talk us through them because i'm honestly i'm just fascinated to hear from y'all and learn from y'all about your experience you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do want to state we never like joined a small group at that church. Um, yeah. And we really just went like it was either on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. And um, yeah, a lot of the uh, sermons that we listened to kind of coincided with the themes in the book he just um, published. So and there were also themes that we were able to like live out in our daily life um, because of the kind of lifestyle we were in during Mm -hmm. that time um so there yeah there's a whole depth to a church that we weren't able to experience just because we weren't like part of a local community there um but it was still yeah awesome seeing i mean even from like the production during worship uh was amazing to i mean the quantity of people that were going to a church like Mm -hmm. every church service we went to was just completely packed um to yeah the different styles of um sermons i mean we were hearing which which was awesome 
So, I mean, I think the biggest... The part that would make me cry most Sundays, I'll share. Yeah. So they would do... Um, which I had never experienced in a church before, but apparently it's pretty common. But at the end of like, they would do worship, then the sermon. And then at the end, they would have like the prayer team come up and they would share like visions that they had of people in the audience of what um, they saw going on in people's lives and ways to pray for them. Um, and so they would just like call those people out. And the first couple times I heard it, I was like, okay, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. This is kind of crazy. And they also seemed kind of vague. So they'd be like, we feel like someone in the upper left corner feels uh, stressed by their job. And I would just be like, oh, we're all stressed by our job. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know that that's the Holy Spirit here, you know, um, not to knock it. I mean, it was still cool. No, but totally. It's a natural response to feel. Would, the longer we would go, like sometimes they would be like insanely specific yeah. and like, I don't know, like they would they would mention like we feel like women here or someone here has had like a miscarriage in the past week or we feel like someone here um, just like these really personal subjects. Um, and then afterwards, they would call those people or anyone that was moved to come forward in prayer like all churches pretty much do. But rather than a lot of churches that we've been to where people don't really go up for prayer or like respond to that yeah. um invitation the church yeah. would like flood forward and so at this point everyone's worshiping and literally just like probably hundreds of people would just be like waiting in line to get to the front to like receive prayer from the prayer team and we i would choose to sit in the balcony because i would just like watch from a bird's eye view of like these people just like crying because of feeling known. you know known yeah. and and prayed for and I would sit up there and just like pray for them as they were crying because you could tell they were experiencing just such pain or joy or whatever in their life but to such an extreme measure that it would bring them to tears and then it would bring me to tears and then you'd be like okay this is the Holy Spirit like mm -hmm. God is here in this room and he is moving and people's lives are being changed and there's homeless people here and there's people here with million dollar homes and it was just very diverse and a beautiful yeah. experience yeah and i think that's like so much so so much of the beauty of what we're trying to be as a church and like so much of the beauty of the vision of connected is that in sharing our stories and hearing our stories and our experience and our perspective it's like we can have people who um have zero experience in a charismatic background and then people who have a ton of experience in a charismatic background and then have room for people to come and say, hey, I don't know about either of these and mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm skeptical and yet I've seen things that are really specific and I don't really know how this works, but I want to be here. Right. Um, yeah. And it's just so beautiful to just like get to share that. So thank you all for like your bravery and even just sharing like not just your experience, but also just like some of your skepticism and um, kind of like the response to that, because I know that's like sometimes that's even harder is to just share something and be like, yeah, I wasn't even really sure about this. Like I've been in circles where I've been the one like that. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really intimidating. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you all for that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I would love to kind of hear what are some like practical things. Because Trip, you mentioned it specifically. You said there's some practical things that you're hoping to, <clears throat> to implement yeah. into your lives in Chattanooga that you learned th from your season in, in Oregon. Um, what are kind of some of those things? Because I'm sure that for a lot of us, we are in a time in our lives where we could use some of these practical 
maybe tips for what to do when our life has more free time. So I would love to kind of hear from y'all. So something that Grace and I have um, started implementing like in our time in Oregon, and I do want to say we both were very, there was a lot of anxiety. Um, okay. Back to Chattanooga. Um, we were, we're, our selves like individually and then in our relationship was so great like when we were kind of removed ourselves from the day-to-day life of just living life i mean we were during our sabbatical um we were nervous that we would fall back into our old habits when we got back to chattanooga so we've been have over the past like couple months we've been just kind of reassuring ourselves that we're gonna yeah set some um goals and some like daily and weekly habits that can help us continue to live a more intentional and um, thoughtful lives together. Um, yeah. And kind of protect our, the time. I mean, our biggest uh, battle is with how we spend our time either together or individually. So we're trying to, um, yeah, create more structure and communicate more during that. But um, something, yeah specifically that we've kind of started implementing in our relationship in our like weekly lives is uh sabbath so okay um john mark is big on the sabbath train yeah slash all of bridgetown is so oh yeah they would have like seminars and things of how people would implement sabbath in their busy lives yeah yeah so just like a tldr on like sabbath for us i mean it can you it could be any day of the week, apparently, but we have decided that it is our Saturday and it starts, well, it starts at 5 p.m. after on Friday evening and then ends on 5 p.m. Um, Saturday evening. And it is a time where we, we, we put away our phones. Okay, so, so you go whole no phone. Um. Well, when we first started, we would be a little bit more strict with the no phones. Yeah. There's some things that like like maps and there's yeah. certain things on our phones that are kind of inevitable to use. Um, right. But we do definitely try to like limit, I guess, just screen time yeah. and phones. And just scroll as on As much Instagram. as we can, like yeah. put it on airplane mode and yeah. things. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what? So we would normally start like... Friday night and uh, like pray together for our Sabbath and mm-hmm. then some a kind of a reoccurring theme throughout all of the Sabbaths that we got to kind of practice and figure out was we ended up always spending time in nature. So we were in Oregon, so it's kind of easy to do that, but yeah. we would like to do that back in Chattanooga. Like if the weather's nice, making sure that we go for walks and go for hikes and things like that, because for both of us, I feel like um, being in nature is both restful and a form of worship and um, mm-hmm. acknowledging God's like presence in this world. So that's been something that's been really like helpful for us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's two things that are really important to y'all on Sabbath. You said that, it, that it's restful and it's um, a natural time of worship. Are those kind of two criteria y'all use for your Sabbath? I guess that's the way that we uh learned sabbath like so yeah through bridgetown and his teaching and his 
book, um, he would kind of define it as that, which obviously there's a lot of books and things on it, but he would describe it as everything you do, like putting it through the filter of, um, is it a form of worship or is it a form of rest? Um, mm-hmm. So kind of just a time dedicated aside from the rest of the week where you are, you know, either working or you're doing your chores or laundry or grocery shopping or, you know, lives are busy, but then having set aside time and it might not be 24 hours every week, but just to set aside time where you're like intentionally um resting whatever that looks like for you not necessarily like sleeping but whatever is restful um and then also like trying to be just more I guess for us kind of just being more aware of God in our day-to-day life um we try Mm -hmm. to be more like intentional about that practice specifically on Sabbath because we remember that we're supposed to be worshiping yeah (laughs) so to worship we I feel like awareness to his presence helps us worship yeah yeah so, so go ahead, Trip. I was going to wait for you to continue on Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Well, so, uh, I mean, one of the practical kind of thoughts behind Sabbath is you're setting, like, I am guilty of kind of falling into a um, mind trap where I'm either, like, always thinking about, you know, work or um, always thinking about, yeah, just kind of setting too, setting too much stuff into my schedule. Um, yeah. And Sabbath has really helped me kind of, yeah, create margin in my life where there is a, I mean, yeah, we're, we try to push it for 24 hours, but there's like a 24-hour time where I give myself the space to not think about work and just to appreciate and yeah, show gratitude to, to myself that like I've got a house to live in, you know, we've got food on the table, like mm-hmm. just, yeah, giving myself that weekly space to be more appreciative of what I already have and not definitely. for something more. Yeah, definitely. And of course, as sevens we normally always treat ourselves to some extent on sabbath um which we which we don't struggle with and we try not to be gluttonous with it but you know (laughs) even like eating ice cream or something Mm -hmm. we could eat ice cream every day of the week but we try to save it for sabbath and be like truly thankful of like wow what a treat we're treating ourselves with ice cream (laughs) so it's not all just one big kumbaya it's a lot of just um enjoying our day and our time and yeah yeah, no, that is awesome. Um, I am like so inspired by just kind of y'all's how y'all have seen it play out because it sounds like you've seen it play out in some really really fruitful ways in your lives, if that's right. And um, I'm just really really inspired by y'all and want to make it more of a regular habit in my life because I know I'm guilty of kind of putting it aside just because like I'm busy. Um, or using that as an excuse. And so um, I'm glad that I have some people here who are big on that. I think it's awesome. I have two questions, though, to kind of ask you all on the back end of everything. Are you all ready? Yeah. Okay. So I would love to hear from both of you. Firstly, what is kind of one thing that you're really hoping for 
when you like as you return to Chattanooga. So like that can be anything. That can be job. That can be relationships with friends. That can be involvement in something. Just like one thing that you're really hoping for. Particularly if anyone who's listening hears it, like maybe they would be able to like help out with or like speak into or like reach out about. Um, and then the second one is the same question I asked Matt in our first episode. What is the first restaurant that y'all are going to go to? <laughs> you can have two separate answers. That's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But the first restaurant you want to go to, like when you were driving back to Chattanooga, y'all were like, man, I cannot wait to eat at this place. Fingers. Okay, so I'm starting. Uh, yeah, one thing that we... And we've mentioned to multiple people already. Um, I think we are really excited to pursue community um, and like developing my entire. I mean, if you've known me or got to know me, I have been um, lucky enough to. um, I I know almost everybody in Chattanooga. uh, And it's been I love it. I love being able to go to, you know, Mean Mug um and just see someone i know and like stop and chat and like get to know them a little bit more but i will say my relationships are always like a mile wide and an inch deep uh and i'm excited to really dive a mile deep um with a small group of people um and just kind of yeah develop what grace likes to call soul friends and that's something i'm really pumped up for um especially after all this covid nastiness is is going around but um yeah that's something i'm really really pumped up for and honestly uh diving in deeper with our neighbors we live in uh glenwood over by park ridge um and yeah we just kind of want to build we want to build a little neighborhood together so we're um, excited to kind of meet and connect and build deeper relationships with our neighbors um yeah now, bringing it to restaurants, I did listen to that previous podcast, and Matt totally uh, took Tremont, so I don't okay. want to yeah. re-say it, but um, what I'd say I'm going to take Grace on a date to Tony's. Whenever okay. Is, I knew you would steal mine. <laughs> whatever classy. All finished. Tony's is kind of like our go-to together. Um, yeah. And it's pasta what we can go wrong with pasta yeah yeah it's really hard to go wrong with pasta <laughs> so grace um yeah I, I would probably agree with trip the things we were looking forward to coming back to chattanooga were to be closer to friends and community and um family mm-hmm. and j- while it was so nice to be kind of isolated and learn so much in oregon at the end of the day um, what we really love is to be in community with people and know people and be known. Um, so we were excited to come back for that. And then I was also excited to come back for um, a job that was going to be working with <laughs> kids with special needs, which is what I'm more so passionate about. Um, but it's an outpatient. So that's kind of both of those things, um, friendships and my job, which is the reason we came back are kind of um, irrelevant now with the COVID for the time being. So I don't really know what I need help with besides a job and, (laughs) um, community, but I am also just trying to learn how to spend my time, um, 
well during this COVID virus as it kind of passes. And food, I I do feel kind of basic because my first thought would be the pimento cheeseburger at Tremont with Matt already stole. <laughs> and my other favorite popular thing. My other favorite meal is um, chicken fusilli without the mushrooms from Tony's. So okay. hopefully we can get back to Tony's yeah. sometime soon. One one of the future Sabbaths, we're just gonna we do eat carbs. Eat carbs. Tremont <laughs> for lunch, Tony's for dinner. That sounds like a good Sabbath, man. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> no, that that is that's awesome. Um, Grace, I don't know if you have ever heard of this place, but our community recently, before right before COVID kind of came in and shook everything up, we got to serve at a place called um, Training Wheels. Yeah. And okay, so you've heard of it. I have, yeah. I follow them on Instagram. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know like what um, they're doing in this season, but maybe they'll have something soon. It would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, man, that is awesome. But thank you all for giving me your time and your thoughts and your experience and just being honest. I, um, I am so grateful to, to know you all and to sit and just ask you all questions. And I so look forward to continuing to just be in relationship as y'all are back in town um i know that y'all are two people that bring so many people joy and that was so evident at your wedding um just the joy that was present not just for y'all but for everyone there and so as we kind of close out today um i just wanted to read this short passage from colossians 3 and so starting in verse 12 it says therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I think that y'all are two people that just embody that so well, just this virtue of love binding us together in perfect unity. And that is my prayer for not just y'all, but for our entire church and our city and our nation um, and our world as we kind of learn how to navigate a pandemic for the first time ever for pretty much everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So thank y'all for that. I hope that that is like that is just like my prayer for us. Do y'all have any kind of just closing thoughts or anything you want to shout out before we head out? Um, no, not really. Not really, right. but feeling really excited to see everybody in person sometime soon. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, please, y'all, if you're listening, reach out to Trip and Grace. Make them feel welcome. Welcome them back. Tell them you love them. Um, and definitely stay safe in this time. But that is all the time we have for today. So this has been Connected, which is a City Collective podcast with me, Brooks, and Trip and Grace Stanford. And I think I can speak for them in saying that it is our prayer that the God of peace would comfort you and guide you and hold you fast in this season of uncertainty as we just learn to continually abide in his love. So that is our prayer for y'all. Y'all have a great rest of your day.